The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life. We'll just choose the one we do used yesterday because it's still applicable. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, that happened to me. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Four, three, two, okay. That's what we that's what we want. We want that, right? Life lessons for our faith we can actually use. I mean we can actually use them if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Good question. And then also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we don't care. (laughs) Is that good? Uh, But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. And so typically in the beginning, we'll give you a little bit of a run-up, and we're going to kind of circumvent that because our good friend Sergio has called. He's got a question. So what we're going to do is we're going to give him a chance to ask a question. Then I'm going to come back and finish the intro. It's kind of how we're going to do this one. So, uh, But I, he could be on a time frame, so we just I just never know. So let's go ahead and give Sergio a chance to call in and say, hey, hey, hey. Ready? This is David. Is this my friend Sergio? David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. David, good afternoon. This is Sergio. Gotcha. What's happening, my brother? Hey, nothing much. Hey, I, I, I you know, I, I slept on this, and um, I just want to ask you, this is probably a, a, a question that has been thrown out to you and to, you know, um, you know, people of religion or, or, or of the faith so many times. Um, you know how you tell me that, or you say that the media, it, it, it's negative, and there's so much bad stuff out there? Yep. I mean, how, how do you, what would you recommend or what do you suggest uh, as a believer? How do you process all the bad and heartbreaking and just like miserable things that you see on the news? And, and like when a, chi- when a child gets, uh, when a child, when an infant drowns, when, when a DWI accident happens to a family, how, how do you process all that and how do you just remain in strength and continue? Okay. Excellent question, by the way. I'll just let you know. So uh, let me let me give you a couple of answers that will help. First and foremost, 
what you, as a Christian, as a Bible-believing, born-again Christian, you hear about tragedy that takes place. It is our responsibility, almost our calling, to be in prayer for that family, for that situation. It doesn't mean you have to build an altar to it. You just spend the moment going, oh, Lord, you know, help those people, help that situation. It's terrible. That is yeah. one way to join in that in that catastrophe. You know, it's at a distance, but at least you're participating. That's the first thing. So that's true if you're driving down the road and you see somebody see an accident almost every time, and, and I've been doing this for years, every time I see an accident, and it looks a lot more like, uh, looks a lot worse than a fender bender is kind of the way mm-hmm, I would think of it. Mm-hmm. I pray and just say, Lord, let everybody be safe. I mean, you don't want anybody at any point to get hurt. So that that's how you initially process. The second mm-hmm. thing I would tell you is, it's not that it's wrong to listen to, to watch the media, it's how much people watch the media. So, for example, mm-hmm. I, I like pizza, okay? I'm going to use that as an example, right? But if I eat pizza morning, noon, and night, I'll be happy for about a week, and then my body will go, okay, that's enough. And so there's <laughs> too much, and that's what I think happens with the news uh, situation. So now, then you have to have wisdom on what you let in and what you don't let in and what sources you trust and what sources you don't trust. So you can mm-hmm. know, because I'm going to say this as nice as possible, probably a lot of trouble for it, but eh, what are you going to do? I actually worked for one of the major media companies, and I will tell you right now, I trust nobody. <laughs> I don't mean that rudely. I mean, I don't have confidence that they have no agenda, anybody. So what I do is I take from three or four on each continent, so to speak. I'll take three or four from the left, three or four from the right, three or four from the middle, and three or four from some other location, and just see if there's any way to ascertain any reason in all of it. But I'm highly suspect going in. It, it They'll say to you, I, I just, I'll say this in a super, I hope it's a good way. They'll say to you, well, they're just reporting the news, they're objective, they don't have an agenda. If you will watch Lou Grant, which was a television show in the 70s or 80s when they were mm-hmm. when they were talking to Lou and, and the people were like, well, the news, you know, the news people, we just report what's going on. And Lou Grant, as an editor, goes, no, the editor determines what goes on the headlines. Nobody else. And it's almost like, you know, <laughs> that that was a slip of the tongue, but it was true. They determine yeah. what goes on. The producer determines what goes on. So it does call for a large amount of wisdom. Here's the key that I use in every time I do the engagement. I limit my engagement. I take media fasts, which means for a certain amount of time or a couple of days or whatever, I won't listen to anything because it's so continual. And then the third part about that is I ask God to give me discernment, to give me the the ability not to be uh, pulled in by fear, because that's definitely not how the Lord wants me to live, but to walk with confidence that what he has offered, which is good news, is greater than the bad news they're trying to communicate. So I, I often walk with that hope. And every once in a while, they'll do a news story about something that's good. It's a rarity, but it is good. It's good that they do that. They just won't lead with that because People like to watch train wreck, and, and that's what gets eyeballs, and that's how they approach it. And the last thing I'll say to you, and this is a really, this is a much bigger part of wisdom than you might be aware. Every news organization that quotes, identifies, speaks of another news organization, completely ignore every and anything that ever happens like that. That's narcissism. That's them promoting them so they can all be a them. It's terrible. 
It's just absolutely horrible. Jesus is the one that we're promoting. Take in the news as best you can. Don't let it overwhelm you. Have a Christian heart when you're dealing with all of it, especially when you hear about something that's tough. But trust that God is the God of justice, not man. You always want the big G, not the little G. That's the goal. Okay. That uh, that puts a lot that put that that puts everything in perspective, David. I just I, I really appreciate that, and uh, thank you so much for all you do. And uh, I hope your knees better, and uh, have a great week. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. God bless you. All right. So typically we don't start the show that way, but it does happen, right? So everybody relax. <gasps> You're doing it differently. You mean I'm cutting the potato this way instead of that way? Oh, no. What are we going to do? You put more uh, butter and sour cream on it, and then you won't have to worry about it. All right, so let me go back to this. I want to make sure everybody knows. If you want to get in touch with us, Sergi, just ask him. He's just trying to make make the path the best way he can, and he should. And and, and what he needs or what we need to get to Sergio is people that can help him with that. That's what you need. We need to be helping one another. So if you guys have ideas and stuff, believe me, I'm not the answer all. I'm just the big mouth. So you just send it in, and we'll just kind of communicate it together. Here's the bottom line. If you've got something you want to share, you call us, just like Sergio did, 972-445-0770. And when you do that, 972-445-0770, you talk to Captain Chris. And when you talk to Captain Chris, you are sailing. In the right direction. When you text 214-210-8483, it comes to my phone. Now, it's not a cheaper the 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 Chromebook I have is cheap. I'm just telling you, it's super cheap. The phone's not that cheap because the phones are just not cheap anymore. And I can't do a flip phone because I just can't do it. I can't be in my son's house and flip the thing and have it be like the jitterbug thing. And, oh, look, the buttons are really big and cool. Yeah. Okay, I can't do that. So anyway, you text. It comes to me right in the front, 214-210-8483. That's a way to get in touch with us during the show. Plus, you can email us during the show. Always good to do. David at hemustincrease.org. That does come to my $1.19 Chromebook. And the reason I say that is because it's 900 years old. It was really cheap. <laughs> but it works for email, so that works for me. Uh, we also encourage you to check out the website because the website is important. Why? Because that's how we continue to do the things we have to do. So Monday we got to pay our bill. We looks like we'll have enough to pay the bill, which is good. Now I need gas to get home. So there's all that working together. So don't hesitate. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right. Now, just in lieu of time and the way we're going to do it, we're going to set it up differently. Where in the next segment, I'm going to push in a bunch of teaching and do a lot of things. But I do want to give you a little bit of update on what's going on with the Legaroo. <laughs> in fact, I even came up with. Uh, uh, day two of Dave's walk and fall. <laughs> walk and fall. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so tomorrow at 10 o'clock, we have an appointment uh, in Rockwell with a surgeon. And that surgeon will tell us, he'll, they'll do x-rays there, and then they'll tell us, A, you have to have an MRI so we can get verification. B, uh, you don't need an MRI. We're going to cut your leg off right now. Or C, it's a lot better than you think it is, and you can just, you know, kind of like be careful with it and so on and so forth. Of course, we're praying for C, but we're willing to go with whatever direction the Lord has, whatever he has in mind. And who knows? Maybe even in meeting the doctor and going there, uh, we'll meet somebody that we can get to share or just talk to or pray for. You, You don't know what God has coordinated 
the way that we think things are coordinated. So I'm going to go to a doctor. It's a doctor appointment. No big deal. Yeah, unless there's a divine appointment in it. And then it is a big deal. And you think, well, how could there be something so silly as a divine appointment going to a doctor? I don't know. Did Peter go out and throw his line in to get a fish, and out of the fish's mouth came a two-coin drachma so that they could pay the taxes? How outrageous for that fish to eat that money in the first place. Get it? Okay. See? See, He's just like, wow. You mean the Lord does? Sure he does. He does ten times more than that. That's what's cool about God. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. With his special guest today, focus on the family trauma specialist, Tim Sanford. People, as they try to sort this out, they, they, they go through this, uh, they, they go through maybe a litany or a list in their mind and try to evaluate, well, you know, is this this and is this this? And, and what you said right there is the key, that the core of our strength, the core of our ability to, to go on yet for another day in the midst of what we would consider to be uh, chaos, both uh, socially, politically, and, and in other realms, is the Lord. I mean, the Lord gives us the ability. I mean, until he blows that trumpet, we are not done. Exactly, and that's where we come back to, people ask me, well, again, the why, why, why questions that people all across the U.S. are asking, and my best theological accurate answer I can give them is, I don't know. I don't stop there. That is an accurate answer. I finished my answer then by saying, here's what I do know. I know that God is still on his throne. I know that God knew what was going on. I don't know why he, no, I don't know why that. Here's what I do know. God is still a loving God. He still is in charge. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. The David Spoon Experience. Oh, welcome back. 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station. Don't forget that's K-double-A-Men. There you go. I do want to give a shout-out to Kirk, who sent this email. He wrote, I'd give you a leg up in life, but I broke it. (laughs) I was going to text him back, but I thought, I'll just do that on the air. (laughs) That's the love we have here, isn't it? Okay. And then Captain Chris and I were talking off air. Apparently, somebody in that <laughs> in that promo is uh, somebody well known. Is he like a well known announcer, speaker? What is he? I don't even know what he is. What is he? I, he's known in in radio circles. He's known in radio. Oh, see, but see, people know each other in their circles, right? Okay, all right. That's that's fascinating. Uh, okay, let's do our trivia question. This is a kind of a not a goofy one, but an interesting one. But it's got a little goofy in it. What did John specifically note about the strips of linen and the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' body and head? What did John in the gospel note? What did he note? What did he make notice of? Notice, I'm using the big n pronunciation. So uh, what did he make uh Okay, now Al is chiming in, uh, and guess what he said? What's your name? I lean. Get it? Because I. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, people, <laughs> this is. You know we got to do teaching. I'm just saying. Okay, we have somebody answer this trivia question, and then we're going into the teaching. I got some really good teaching too, so I don't want to. I don't want to miss this. I don't want you guys to miss this. But if somebody's got an answer for the trivia question. Okay, hold on. All right, go ahead. Good, good, good. There you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good brother? Doing fine. Just uh, listening in and calling in once in a great while, or once in a while anyway. Uh, just uh, checking in and hoping that everything's uh, everything's going in a fashion that's better every day. Yep. Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And things are going better. And that's, you know, what's great too is that every day we go on, it's one day closer that we're going to hear, duh, 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 and that's it. Right? So, I mean, that's what's great. One day closer. All right. Now, this is a classic uh, question. I have a feeling you're going to pick on this right away. What's the deal on the clothing where Jesus was buried, the stuff that was by his head and his body? What was unique about it that John noted? My memory wants to say it was at the foot of his at the foot of his place where he laid. Was at the foot of his bed. And what what did, what did they do with it? What 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 did they notice about it? What was interesting? Yeah. What did they notice? It was like it went to a laundromat. What did they do with it? Uh, was washed and cleaned. Yeah. Well, they uh, or they. And what do you do after that? What do you do when you do the laundry and you get ready to put it away? That's right! That's it! Right there. They folded it. It's like, first of all, it's like, okay, apparently there is a little bit of truth to, hey, clean your clothes up. Because (laughs) that's right there in the gospel, right? And then uh, they folded it. And if you just think about that, it's like, wow. Of all the stuff that's going on, they take the time yeah. To fold it to show it's separated from from Christ and it's not needed for the purpose it was put together for. That's a good thought. Never yeah. thought about that. I'm gonna think more about that. Yeah, that's a, that's, uh, that's cool. I don't like the folding part because I hate doing laundry, but I understand yeah. it. I understand it. 
Yeah, you wouldn't go to maze laundry, man. I just stuff everything in a big old trash bag and go home. I don't pull nothing. <laughs> you know how much I pray for you. You are one of our original pray people. One of the original people that called in and been praying and blessing the show since it began. I love you, man. You are just a great brother in the Lord. Well, I, 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 you know, I don't deserve it, but I do take it. I will accept it because I need it. <laughs> if I didn't need your prayers, I would say, when well, I look now, and you've already passed it on to somebody more worthy than I, but I'll, I'll accept that because I do need the prayers every student. Amen, my but, brother. Amen. I remember you guys all the time, too, when I, when I have a chance. I'm not a real prayer warrior. That's one thing I'm a little weak at. Uh, I pray when I, you know, when I go out of my doors, I go, I pray and ask the Lord to watch over me, send angels to guard me, and so forth. And uh, I think it's very important people know that, that you can call for angels to. I think I believe because I've seen it in my life where they sure have had a lot of bad places. So I mean, I I give them credit for it. And uh, anyway, I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I know they're they're sent to minister to us and help us. So. They, I'm gonna they, take they, they are from, they are uh, joint co-laborers in the in the in the glorifying of God process. That is an right. absolute. Well, that, uh, too bad you're inside. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> get, out of there, get out of there as soon as you can. <laughs> well, I'd go out and play soccer, but that's not a good idea right now. <laughs> no, no, anyway, okay. <laughs> but we love we love you. I appreciate your uh, your deep thoughts for those of us who uh, aren't as as uh, um, uh, deep-hearted for for others, um, your care for others is greater than mine, and I, and I, I don't. It makes me uh, feel kind of bad and guilty. But uh, we got to have somebody that's that's a prayer warrior, and you seem to be the one one of those that is. So we appreciate you. Well, uh, we love you in the Lord, brother. We'll keep. Praying. I don't know about a prayer warrior, but I am a prayer annoyer. That is my that is my gift. I annoy God as often as I can with prayer. <laughs> he doesn't mind. Right, All right. God bless you. Take, take care. Chris has done a good job, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, you do a great job. See, Chris gets a prop right there. There you go, Thank buddy. You. There you go. You send him five bucks later, I'll give you the address. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Bye-bye. All right. Got to get to the text. We got to get some text in here. We have to, have to, have to. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit. I want to make sure you didn't miss that. Who gives his Holy Spirit. Okay. Who gives his. Now, look, I'm not an English genius. In fact, if you talk to my professors, they have a few other words for me, and genius is definitely not one of them. They like the thought process. It's the writing ability they're a little concerned about. But here where it says, consequently, anybody who rejects this does not reject men, but God. He's referring to verse 1 in the instruction he's giving. Just so you can know, for people that didn't don't think that Paul knew he was writing and what was going on was special, of course they did. And he's like, uh, look, in the chapter in 1 Thessalonians 4.1, Paul says that you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God. And then in this verse, in verse 8, he says, anyone who rejects this doesn't reject man, but God. You can't reject God's word and be in 
the process or in the connection with God. Can't be done. You can't reject Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and then say, I'm a Christian. Doesn't work. I don't care. I don't care if you've got a corn cob nose. I don't care because it doesn't even matter. If you don't acknowledge Jesus Christ, if you don't acknowledge the testimony God has given, if you reject God's ability to write a book, you're in your own territory. Good luck. And I'm not trying to be mean. You have to. The reason you have to believe is because God's testimony is there, and to reject God's testimony is put yourself in danger. Why did you do that? And Paul's just straight out, no reservation. Who rejects this is not rejecting man. You're rejecting God. Ooh, there's no, there's no room. Oh, well, I believe in God and all that stuff, but that stuff about the Bible, I don't All right, so let me get this straight. The God you believe in is whatever you fancy at the moment you fancy it. Huh, interesting. Why don't you just use what he communicated? Uh, well, man wrote it. Look at This is the problem. Thinking that God is, your God is so inadequate that he cannot cover what he wants to cover in his communication. How weak of a God is that? I'd be, I'd be shopping around immediately if that was my God. Oh, oh you, can't, you can't write a book? Well, Bill O'Reilly could write a book. You couldn't write a book? Come on. That's ridiculous. So that's the first part of it. And then he says this. Uh, you're not rejecting man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit. And then I'm getting a little tired of this. Just a, I'm being nice about it. Be nice. Be nice. But I'm a little tired. He, God gives, not gave once and then walked away. Gives. Perfect present tense. Perfect present tense means, wait, watch this. Present tense. Well, it's present tense. And he gives his Holy Spirit. Who he gives the Holy Spirit to? People that ask. <laughs> well, that's what he said in Luke. How, Jesus said, well, how will he not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Okay. That, 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 I'm not even going to redo that. That's all by itself. And then he says this about brotherly love. You don't need me to write you because you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. I love this portion specifically because of all the good teachers, and I've sat uh, under great teachers. I mean great teachers, right? They are all lousy. Every teacher ever is lousy compared to God. God is definitively without even anybody entering into the room, the absolute best teacher. Just think about the deepest lessons that you have learned in your life and how God has coordinated 10,000 things in your life to get to the one point that you got to pick up on. That's teaching. That's how you teach. And the Lord teaches us, hey, and Paul's like, <laughs> I think he's very generous. He's like, yeah, you don't need me to write to you about this. I mean, you guys got it. I mean, you're taught by God to love one another. God teaches his kids. Why? Because he's our father. And a father, a good father, not every earthly father, a good father teaches their kids. Tells them the right way to go. Gives them instruction. Corrects them when they need to be corrected. Hugs them when they need to be hugged. Right? Takes them to McDonald's when they got to go to McDonald's. Oh, wait, that's not in there. But that's not the point. The point is you know what I'm saying. A good dad response takes care of his kids. Well, that's what God is. And he teaches us. And he teaches you. You are taught by God. 
How's that for self-worth? Woohoo! That's not bad. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God, Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? That a joyful heart makes like medicine. If you've got a better joke than these, you can call and tell me. But it's got to be a better joke. How do groups of angels greet each other? Ready for this one? <laughs> halo, halo, halo. Come on, like halo. Come on. You don't like that one? Oh, come on. Which servant of God was the most flagrant lawbreaker in the Bible? Moses. He broke all Ten Commandments at once. See, because he threw down the tap. Where was Solomon's temple located? Do you know that one? On the side of his head. What? That's a legend. How does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. Okay. How do we know that there were automobiles in Jesus' time? Do you know this one? It's an old one. It's very simple. Because the Bible says that all the disciples went out and were in one accord. Did you hear about the dial-up prayer service they have for atheists now? Did you hear about that? You dial the number, it rings and rings and rings, and nobody answers. Spoon! (laughs) Okay. Somebody's going to dislike this one, but this is silly, so just relax. Take a deep breath. Are you going to tell me life's so serious? I mean, are you not just sick of everything that's going around? Take a deep breath and think about this. Who who are Gumby's favorite Bible characters? (laughs) That's right. That's right. I said Gumby. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abend-ago. Abend-ago. Thank you very much. Ah, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Smartest man in the Bible. Abraham, because he knew a lot. Come on. That's good. All right, here, we'll get to the best ones, then we'll quit. On the ark, Noah got milk from the cows. What did he get from the ducks? Quackers. All right, that's not that good. What animal could Noah not trust? You should know this. I've told you this before. What is it? What animal could Noah not trust? The a che- lion. No, the cheetah. The cheetah. Which which Bible character had no parents? Joshua, son of Nun. There you go. See, because it's N-U-N. 